You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. There's one time in the Bible where it says Jesus could do no mighty work. There's one time, and it was when he went into his own town and there was no honor. People looked at him, and it says they were offended by him. They didn't believe. It is so important, church, that we honor the leadership that God has brought into this house. Amen? Because I'm telling you, Jesus could do no mighty work because of the lack of honor. If we want to see all the things that we want to see, miracles, signs, wonders, breakthrough, healing, deliverance, prosperity. We have got to be a culture, a house of honor. Amen? That's not my message. All right, this is gonna be good. I'm telling you tonight, tonight the word is this. The word is that the king has ordered freedom. The king has ordered freedom. If you're wondering what's on the menu tonight in Awaken Salt Lake City, what's on the menu tonight is freedom. It's all about freedom. There's one reason that Jesus came. There's one reason Jesus did what he did, and it was for freedom. The Bible says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. He did not come to give us a religion. He did not come to give us a bunch of rules. He did not come to make us feel bad about ourselves. He came to bring freedom. The king has ordered freedom. Freedom's on the menu tonight. Freedom's on the menu. Freedom's on the menu. All right, supersize it. I think it's hilarious that Pastor Matt was like, the heavyweight champion of the world. I'm like, when they see me, Pastor Matt, they're not gonna believe that. The heavyweight champion of the world. It felt right, thank you. All right, let's get into this. I, I preach with a lot of Bible. I preach with a lot of Bible. And at the end of the day, what I'm trying to do is prove something to you. I want to prove something to you that the things that I'm going to say, the message, the word, I'm going to prove to you that it is truth. So the best way to do that, really the only way to do that is through the word of God and then demonstration. First Samuel chapter 21, one through nine. I'm going to read fast because I got a lot to get through. Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David and said to him, why are you alone and no one is with you? So David said to Ahimelech the priest, the king has ordered me on some business and said to me, he's talking about Saul, do not let anyone know about the business on which I send you, on which I commanded you. And I've directed my young men to such and such a place. Now therefore, what have you on hand? David says to Ahimelech, give me five loaves of bread in my hand or whatever can be found. And the the priest answered David and said, there's no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. If the young men have at least, at least kept themselves from women. Young men, young men, at least, at least do that. At least do that. <laughs> that's youth, that's youth ministry right there. Just, just at least do that. <laughs> you don't do anything else. Then David answered the priest and said, truly women have been kept from us about three days since I was consecrated. 
The Bible is funny. Stephen Furtick says, the Bible's not boring, you're boring. If, if you think the Bible's boring. If you think the Bible's boring. Truly, about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy, and the bread is in fact common, even though it was consecrated in the vessels day. So the priest gave him holy bread. For there was no bread there but the show bread, which had been taken from before the Lord in order to put hot bread into his place on the day it was taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day detained before the Lord. And his name was Doeg, an Edomite, the chief of the herdsmen who belonged to Saul. And David said to Ahimelech, Is there not on hand a spear or a sword? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me because the king's business required haste. David is lying to the priest, just so you know. He is lying to the priest of God. King Saul didn't order him on business. The business didn't require haste because there was no business. So the priest said, the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, there it is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you will take it, take that, take it, for there's no other except that one here. David said, there's none like it. Give it to me. It's not like give it to me. Next scripture. Going to go to the New Testament. Mark chapter 2, verse 23 through 28. Now it happened that he went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And as they went, his disciples began to pluck the heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, look, why do they do what is not lawful on the Sabbath? There was nobody that Jesus gave a harder time to than the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious people. But he said to them, have you never read what David did when he was in need and hungry? We just read this in the, in the previous scripture. If you're not picking up what I'm laying down. He and those with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and ate the showbread, which is not lawful to eat except for the priest. And he also gave some to those who were with him. The young men who had kept themselves from women for eh, three days. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is also Lord of the Sabbath. The title of my message tonight is Eat the Showbread. Let's pray. Let's pray. God, I just, I just, I thank you for this word. Father, let this be nothing more and nothing less than exactly what you want us to hear and receive tonight. Holy Spirit, right now, every distraction, every high thing that would attempt to exalt itself against the knowledge of Jesus Christ, we cast down. We declare freedom is on the menu. The king has ordered freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. So here's my question. Here's my question. And honestly, I don't even know if I have the answer for it. I'm going to do my best to give the answer to my question I'm about to ask. And that is this. Why did God allow David to eat the showbread? Jesus himself said it was unlawful. And this is the Old Testament. Crazy things happened in the Old Testament when people did not obey the law of God. So why did God allow David to eat the showbread? Let me read some scriptures that talk about consequences of people that would break the law in the Old Testament. 
Numbers 18, 21 through 22. Behold, I've given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel's inheritance in return for the work which they performed, the work of the tabernacle of the meeting. The Levites were the ones that were working in the tabernacle. Hereafter, this moment, the children of Israel shall not come near the tabernacle of meeting, lest they bear sin and die. Just so you know, David was not of the tribe of Levi. David was from the tribe of Judah. So right here, it says that except for the Levites, they shouldn't even come near it. Jesus said in Mark chapter two, that David went into the house of God. So the consequence should have been that he would bear sin and die. Why didn't he? Why didn't David die when he broke the law of God? Leviticus 24, verse 9. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is talking about the showbread. It's talking about the bread. It shall be for Aaron and his sons. Aaron, again, was from the tribe of Levi. He was one of the priests. They shall eat it in a holy place, for it is most holy to him from the offerings of the Lord made by fire by a perpetual statute. The bread was for Aaron and his sons. It wasn't for the tribe of Judah. It wasn't for the king. It wasn't for David. What is going on in the flipping Old Testament? <laughs> Ezra 7.26 says this, Whoever will not observe the law of your God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily on him whether it be death or banishment or confiscation of goods or imprisonment. So there are three scriptures that are pretty clear in the Old Testament, which is the time when David was alive, that David should not have been doing what David did. Let me give you a couple examples. There's a couple other kings in the Old Testament that attempted to act as priests and they did get punished. King Saul in 1 Samuel 13, you don't have to turn there, but King Saul got anxious and he got nervous waiting for the prophet Samuel to come because the Philistines were coming against Israel in like 30,000 or 300,000 or 300 million or a lot of people were coming against Israel. King Saul got nervous. Samuel wasn't there when he said he was gonna be there. So King Saul, he basically performed an unlawful sacrifice. And that was the event that removed Saul from being king. God said, that's when God said, I regret, I regret that I ever even made you king. If you would have just obeyed me, I would have set you up for generations. But because you've done this one unlawful thing that's only supposed to be done by the priest, I'm removing you from being king. Second Chronicles 26, you don't have to turn there. There's another king, King Uzziah. He entered the temple to burn incense. And the priests are like, what are you doing, King Uzziah? What are you, you are not supposed to be here. You are not supposed to be burning. What are you doing? And he basically was full of pride and God made him a leper. God turned him, cast, cast on him leprosy. Those are kings. David wasn't even a king. Do you guys, do you guys have the answer? Do you know what's going on here yet? Like I'm looking in my notes for the answer. So why did God allow David to act as a priest? Why? Why, did, why was there not a consequence for what David did? First of all, he walks into the house of God lying. He wasn't on the king's business. 
And then he eats the show bread. And then he's just making stuff up about the young men. Is, yeah. You know what I mean? Fantastic, you know, salesman that he was. It's going to tell you what you want to hear, priest. All right. I'm going to get to what I think the answer is. I'm going to cruise through some points and we're going to go into a ministry time. Again, tonight, tonight is all about freedom. It's all about freedom. The reason I believe that God allowed David to eat the showbread without consequence to the point that Jesus in the New Testament used King David as an example is because I believe David had a revelation of Jesus. You see this in the book of Psalms. Psalm 2. Psalm 22. Prophetic picture of Jesus on the cross. Psalm 132. You can look them up and you can read them. David had a revelation of Jesus that came through worship. It came through worship. He had a revelation of who Jesus was. He had a revelation of what this whole thing was all about. To where he could walk into the temple in the OT and just say, give me some of that bread. Give me, I'm hungry. My men are hungry. Yeah, sure, they're holy. Just give us something to eat. David had a revelation of Jesus. Psalm 110 is actually the most referenced passage of scripture in the New Testament. Psalm 110 is where David writes this. The Lord is sworn. You don't actually even have to put that scripture up there. It's just going to confuse people, please, if you don't mind. The Lord is sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. And he's talking about Jesus here. David has this revelation of worship. David has this revelation of Jesus. He sees him in the OT. He understands there's a lot more going on here than a bunch of rules. Melchizedek actually means king of righteousness. If you didn't know that. The priesthood that the Bible says that Jesus is in the line of Melchizedek. That word Melchizedek is king of righteousness. King of righteousness. David had a revelation of righteousness. He had a revelation that there was no work he could do. There was no law he could follow. There was nothing he could accomplish in his own strength to become righteous. And that it was only Jesus of a different lineage, of a different tribe of Judah. The word Judah, by the way, means praise. That would allow him to essentially just jump over thousands of years of law into revelation. So here's what I want to um, take away as points. Point number one, relationship over rules. 
Relationship overrules. I'm telling you tonight, if you're here in this place and you're feeling a sense of heaviness, listen, I feel this. I battle with this myself. A wrestling, God, am I doing good enough? God, am I making it? God, where do I stand with you? If you're, if you're here tonight and you're focused and you're feeling that, you're focused on the rules and you feel that sense of unease and, and chaos in your mind, I'm telling you tonight, God wants to flip that switch, turn that thing 180 degrees and get you focused and realizing God is more concerned of relationship over rules. I just believe, I believe, I believe. Yeah, amen. Give God a hand for that. I just believe that when David, when David walked in to the temple, God's like, man, that rascal. He's like, I can't kill him. I like him too much. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, there is a place in God that you can get to, man. And I know I could back this up in the script, in, in the Bible, Pastor Matt, and I'll probably need to follow up on this, but I'm telling you, th there's a place you can get to in your relationship with God where he, he lets you break rules because you're his kid. Listen, I'm gonna treat, I'm gonna treat Shiloh and Tatum and Zion much different than I treat any other child. Other children that I see, I'm be like, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, no, no. Hey, you know, I'm, but my kids, it's gonna be like, Ah, you're so cute. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm still gonna discipline and all that, but it's a very different relationship with my kids. You're God's kids. You're his kids. You're his son. You're his daughter. He wants you to walk in freedom. He wants you to experience the joy of your salvation. I love in uh, Mark chapter two, you know, talking about the Sabbath, the Sabbath was a big deal to the Pharisees, a really big deal to the Pharisees. And the disciples uh, are, or, or the Sabbath was a big deal to the Jews. The disciples are with Jesus. And I just love that it, it doesn't say anything about the disciples asking for permission to pick the heads of grain on the Sabbath. And I just felt like this thought, like the disciples didn't ask for permission because they were with Jesus. And, and, and there's just, man, there's just, Meant to be, when you're with Jesus, such a freedom. I, and, and I know for myself, like I, I live often by the age old adage of it is better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And I'm telling you, truthfully, the whole point of this message tonight is to justify that behavior in my life. All right, number two, number two, don't put on a show. Don't put on a show. David ate the show bread. Don't put on a show. Don't put on a show. And I know I'm taking liberty with the text here, but I just want to say, God doesn't want your show. God doesn't want your show. God doesn't want that. He doesn't want you showing up to church. I, I forgot to do this earlier. I just need, I need to honor, I have family here tonight. I have my father, my sister, and my grandma here tonight. They're some of the best people in the whole valley. But, you know, God doesn't want your show. Like that's one of the benefits of having family here tonight is anything I say or do or any way that I act, if it's incongruent 
with how I really am. Like we're going to leave here tonight and like we're going to be at the barbecue like tomorrow. I think my dad's coming over for hamburgers or something like that. And he's going to be like, you were really acting different. You were really like, what was up with that? Like, 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 like God doesn't want you. He doesn't want you to put on a show. Listen, if you're showing up to church and you just feel like you got to be someone different, you got to talk different, you got to look different, you got to act different. I'm telling you, that is not from heaven. That is not from the Holy Spirit. That is straight from the pit of hell. That is legalism. That is religion. And God is here tonight to set us free. Another, another word, term for the showbread is the bread of presence. And I actually think that's where God wants us to live is just recognizing that, you know what? When I spend time in your presence, Jesus, I actually feel confident in myself and I don't need to put on a show. Number three, rediscover the weapons of your youth. In 1 Samuel 21, towards the end, David asks Ahimelech, is there not on hand a spear or a sword? And Ahimelech says, hey, there's the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. What? So David, when he killed Goliath psh, psh, with the sling, bah, after that happened, he took Goliath's sword and he cut off his head. Why was the sword sitting in the temple behind the ephod? I don't know. But when David... <laughs> When David made a decision to eat the showbread, he rediscovered the weapon of his youth. And what I want to say here tonight is there were battles we fought when we were first, when we first met Jesus, when we were younger, there were battles we fought and there were victories that we won with this almost childlike faith. It just, things felt different. They felt easier. They felt more exciting. Everything was more beautiful, more vibrant. But you, you do, you know, you're, you follow God for seasons and ups and downs, highs and lows. And sometimes you can forget. But when you eat the show bread and you decide relationship matters more than rules, you decide that I'm not gonna put on a show anymore. You rediscover the weapons of your youth and that faith, that childlike faith and the things that brought you victory in the beginning. The, the Goliath, if you didn't know this, his name means exile. Goliath was never meant to stand in the way of the children of Israel. He was meant to be an exile. The giants standing in your land, in your promised land, they're, they're, they're not meant to be there. They're meant to be exiled by the power of God that's in your hand, the sword and the word that's in your mouth. Number four, number four, uh, when you eat the showbread, decide to take this step. David rediscovered the ephod. The ephod was used in the Old Testament to inquire of the Lord. 
It's interesting to me, 1 Samuel chapter 37 through 8, it, it's a story. David and Ziklag and all these, it's been ravaged by the enemy. The Bible says to Ahimelech, the priest, bring an ephod to me. Abiathar brought the ephod to David. David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? He's asking God, shall I overtake them? And God answered him, he answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. I think it's interesting that the story in 1 Samuel when David went into the temple says that the sword of Goliath was behind the ephod. And I think that's significant in the fact that God wants us to hear his voice. He doesn't want us just running around, fighting all these battles, trying to kill every demon under every rock. But it's first the ephod and then the sword. He wants us to hear first. And then when God says, go up for you shall surely retake. What did God say to him? Pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all. David was successful in using his weapons because he first inquired of the Lord and God gave him that assignment. My fifth point, and, and I know that we're getting short on time. Altar's gonna be short and potent. Number five, and this, whew, this is gonna get good. Point number five is generational freedom. Generational freedom. When you eat the showbread and you do these things that we've talked about, you enact generational freedom. I want to read a scripture to you, and I hope this blows your mind like it, uh, like it did mine and like it does mine. 2 Samuel 8, verse 15 to 18. So David reigned over all Israel, and David administered judgment and justice to all his people. Joab, the son of Zariah, was over the army. Amazing scripture, huh? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jehoshaphat, the son of somebody, some name, Ahilad, was recorder. Zadok, the son of Ahitub, and Ahimelech, the son of Abiathar, were the priests. Sariah was the scribe. Benaniah, the son of Jehodiah, was over both the Cherethites and the Pelethites. And David's sons were the chief ministers. The other word for ministers is priests. David wasn't the tribe of Levi. David was the tribe of Judah. So what were his sons doing as priests? Because David decided to eat the showbread he stepped into generational freedom where his sons, he set up his lineage in such a way that they too, whether they knew it or not, they were benefiting from it, were living out the revelation of Jesus Christ and the righteousness that comes through faith in him and him alone, in Jesus' name. All right. Let's do this. 
Tonight, why don't we close our eyes? Tonight, if you know that you've been focused more on rules than relationship, if you've been struggling with putting on a show when you come into the house of God rather than just being in his presence, if you feel like you've been striving and you need to rediscover that childlike faith, those weapons of your youth, if you haven't been hearing from God and you want to begin to win battles and victories in life through hearing the voice of God and doing what he says, and you wanna set up generations, this is a very broad altar call. <laughs> you wanna set up generations of your family and your descendants for real freedom. If any of those resonate with you, I'd love for you to just stand to your feet tonight. Come on, just stand to your feet tonight. Why don't we lift our hands to heaven? Holy Spirit, I thank you tonight. It's not about shouting. It's not about loud music. God, I thank you that your presence is here right now. Your presence, Lord, we ask that it would just drop. It would drop like a weight. Glory, the weight of your presence right now, Father. And Lord, that you'd begin to speak and you'd begin to show, begin to speak and to show every single person here a revelation of Jesus, a revelation of righteousness, a revelation of freedom, a revelation of generational freedom, a revelation of hearing your voice and doing what you said and walking in your presence. Let's keep it just to keys for just a minute, guys. Right now, Father, God, we declare freedom in this place. The King has ordered freedom in the name of Jesus Christ. God, right now, I come against a spirit of fear and timidity that would try to lock up and to restrict. God, every single person under the sound of my voice tonight, Father, from stepping into all that you have, from stepping into freedom, from stepping into joy, from stepping into your presence, God, from stepping into your power. Right now, Father, I declare freedom. I declare release. God, we're gonna put relationship over rules. We're gonna begin to feed on the bread of your presence. God, we're gonna hear your voice. We're gonna walk in faith in the name of Jesus. And I'm telling you, if you believe that God is doing a new thing in your life and Salt Lake City, I want you to just give him a mighty shout of praise. We love you. We honor Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.